The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. It is the granddaddy of them all, the biggest 100-mile race in the world, and after a year of no Western states, we are happy to say the Western States 100 is back. Yes. Squaw Valley is the place to be. Squaw Valley to Auburn, although they're calling it Olympic Valley now. So whatever doesn't offend you um, from that location to Auburn, this field is stacked. This could be the most stout lineup ever seen at Western States. So if we're going to give you a little Western States preview... We got to turn to Mr. Western States himself. Currently, he's in a hotel room waiting to run the Bigfoot, or sorry, the uh, Bighorn 100, Andy Jones-Wilkins. What's going on, Andy? Hey, Ryan. It's great to be here. And yes, indeed, it's almost it's almost race week for, for the big one. And that's, it's been a long two-year wait. Can, like, run us through for you, because this race, this is such an important part of your life. I mean, you're a 10-time finisher. You have the nickname Mr. Western States. Why does this race hold so much for you? Oh, gosh. There's, you know, I think I boil it down kind of to three fundamental things. The first is the race just has a mystique to it. Uh, there's something about the course, the event, the, the, the all, all that goes into it. It's it's reminiscent of some of those, those great venues and sports like uh, Fenway Park or Churchill Downs or Augusta National. It just has a mystique about it that that you just you feel in your bones uh, when you when you arrive at Western State. The second part is the course. The course really tests uh, every aspect of a runner. Uh, it's run. It's runnable most of the time. It's got some really intense climbing and descending. Of course, it's got its famous heat, and it throws curveballs at you every year. Uh, some years it's with snow. Other years it's with slight course changes. So it's just the, the course is is almost a, a character in the race uh, uh, in the race narrative itself, and then. And the third is every year it's really competitive. It's a competitive race. It's if you're a competitive ultra runner, or even if you're a not competitive ultra runner, you want to cut your teeth at Western States because it's something you can compare yourself against over you know 40 plus years of of runnings of that race. Andy, take us back to many, many years ago, your very first Western States. What was it like lining up at that starting line? When you were a much younger, much spryer, uh, Andy Jones Wilkins, your first Western States. Well, it's it's funny you ask because it, it was exactly 20 years ago. Um, I want to say next weekend because I ran my first in 2001. I really didn't know what I was doing. It was only my second hundred mile race. I'd been selected in the lottery. I went there by myself. I didn't have a crew. Uh, I had I found a pacer uh, from uh, you know from the side of the trail uh, that paced me in from Forest Hill. But standing at the starting line, uh, I just I was nervous. I was excited. I couldn't believe that I was at Western States, and of course I didn't 
I had no idea at the time what a uh, difference the race and what an impact the race was going to make on my life for the next 20 years. It, uh, I had no idea at the time as a young kid in his early 30s, you know, that, that something like this could have a grip over somebody uh, like it does with me. And, and that, that was remarkable. My, my race went out like any other first timer. I started out fast and blew up at the end. Uh, I, had all, I, had, I had a lot of the typical um, race day uh, snafus. Uh, the string broke on my shorts so that they were falling down uh, for about half the race. And then, of course, the batteries went out on my flashlight. I had a good old fashioned handheld flashlight. So I had to run about four miles uh, between in the 80s somewhere before I before I got to another aid station and somebody was nice enough to let me use their flashlight to finish the race. So it was a learning experience and, and one I'll never forget. And you really kind of grew, uh, ran up in that race and you grew up in that race with the legends of the sport. You know, Dean Karnazes, you ran a lot with Scott Jurek, Hal Corner. I mean, it was a really interesting group of runners that kind of were setting the stage before the sport would blow up. Yeah, I, you know, it was it was the calm before the storm, really. Those the aughts, as we call them, right? Two two thousand and one to two thousand and ten was a decade characterized, yes, by those those three you mentioned in particular, Dean, uh, Scott, uh, and um, and Hal, and then on the women's side, of course, the, the later years of Ann Trayson, mm -hmm. uh, and then a series of women winners that kind of made the race more and more competitive on the on the women's side in the kind of post Ann era. Um, it was also still sort of a neighborhood race, uh, you know, probably uh, in any given year, 30 to 50 percent of the runners were from California. Everybody still knew each other, you know. Uh, so there was there was still a great deal of excitement and hype around it, but it, it felt a little bit smaller than it has in the subsequent 10 years. Andy, this is this is huge. It's coming back. I mean, a year off. And I think people are just craving what western states provides an excellent race great camaraderie i mean you just got to be you got to be on cloud nine i absolutely am and i i, I want a, a quick story because um many people might not know that in 2008 the race was also canceled mm -hmm. much different than 2020 it was canceled on the wednesday before the race in fact many because of fires Many people were on their way to Squaw. I know I was, I had my dining room table filled with all my supplies and, and my family and I were getting ready to drive down there first thing Thursday morning to, to go to the race. And the fires were just so bad in the canyons in the middle section of the race that they had to cancel it. So fast forward to 2009 and the excitement of two, two years of pent up energy was just incredible at the starting line in 2009. Fast forward to where we are now, where the race was canceled much earlier in the year. I think it was in, in April yeah. of 2020 for, for the pandemic. And the fact that everybody has been forced to kind of isolate themselves and not be together socially. I mean, this is really like a homecoming and a family reunion and uh, and a, you know your 50th college reunion all rolled into one. I mean, I think the excitement and energy that we'll see from Olympic Valley all the way to Auburn um, next weekend will 
probably be like no other excitement we've seen at the race in large part because it's the first time we've been able to gather the tribe really of American ultra running. Yes, there have been races. You know, I'm running one this weekend. Mm -hmm. There's a couple hundred people here. We know that there have been races on the East Coast and on the West Coast and in the Midwest, but none with quite the stature of Western states. So that makes it really exciting looking ahead to next weekend. Jeff? Jeff's going out. The adventure jogger will be at Western States. We are crewing Kyle Curtin. Um, so it will be a lot of fun to be reporting out there. But I have a feeling, Jeff, it is going to be a hug orgy out there. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. It'll be, hey, man, bring it in, bring it in. <laughs> Andy, here's what everyone wants to know. Andy, are you vaccinated? <laughs> yes, I am. Okay, thank God. Yes, I am. And, and in fact, I will say, um, I think it was way back on right around the 1st of May that the organizers of Western States announced uh, that all of the volunteers, anybody volunteering at the race would would have to be vaccinated. I remember reading uh, yeah. that. Now, they don't, they, they haven't made, I don't think, I don't think they've made those rules around spectators or, or participants, but everybody volunteer. So I'm a volunteer. Everybody volunteer at the race uh, had to, has to be vaccinated. So I think that adds a, a fair amount of uh, comfort for people if they may still be concerned about, about COVID and, and, and you know the fact that people are going to be very close together, the fact that our people are going to be, as Stafford said, hugging and high-fiving and everything. I, I, think, it's, I think we're ready for it. Um, we're, we're all vaccinated. The whole crew is vaccinated. So if you see we're adventure good. jogger people out there, we can give you hugs without the threat of killing you. Definitely. So it's perfectly. We are we are safe hugs. You will not kill Jeff Stafford. No, not. He is vaccinated and ready to go. Um, a, a, a primer for everybody. One of my favorite adventure jogger episodes is the ballad of Andy Jones Wilkins, and that gives the kind of Andy's life story. But in there, we go kind of in depth into the year that you took second place uh, at Western States, and, and what it was two thousand five, right, Andy? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. So 16 years ago now, hard to believe. 2005. If you want a blow-by-blow uh, take on that race, where essentially had Scott Jurek rolled an ankle or made a wrong turn, he'd already won it like five times at this point. But you never know; a guy could take a wrong turn. Maybe he was not paying attention. But to be that close to the Cougar, it's an incredible story. The Ballad of Andy Jones Wilkins. It's a back episode. So. We talked earlier, and this is going to well, be. Hey, let me okay. let me let me let me jump in a sec. I I, I never, uh, as as all of my friends and acquaintances know, I never grow tired of talking about the 2005 race. <laughs> and so, and so, tell us any, about if, it. If, if any if any of the no no, I'm not going to talk about it now. But if any of the listeners out there are, are going to be at Western States and and you find yourself just sitting at, at an aid station waiting hours and hours and hours for your runner to come in, just come on over and ask me to. to I'll talk about 2005. I'll keep you occupied for hours. <laughs> Ryan, you you mentioned something that was a, a, a good segue. Andy, I got a couple of course-related questions for you. Yeah. Yep. Where, 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 or maybe why are turns missed? Is it just runners not paying attention? Are there some sections that are poorly flagged or marked? And and then secondly. Um, well, I'll let you go for, go with the first question first. Yeah, so I, I will I will I will say that there are 
Um, there are three, you know, well, the, the most famous turn uh, from Corey Road onto the Highway 49 climb that Jim Walmsley missed uh, in his first running there in 2015 is certainly the most easy to miss turn. There's another one at about mile 56 and a half. Uh, and then there are uh, there's another one early in the race in the high country uh, that's easy that that's easy to miss. They, those three are the most easy to miss for one essential reason: you're running on a smooth road, mm -hmm. typically a smooth you know uh, maybe double track, but but and you're typically able to go fast. And there's there's uh, and it turns onto single track. It's usually really well marked. But any of us who have been running and caught off in our own world know that sometimes you, especially if you're on a nice smooth road and you're making time. So, I mean, those are three turns. I think the first one is in between, uh, it's in between Red Star Ridge and Duncan Canyon. So it's right around mile 20. The other one is right after the Michigan Bluff Aid Station. And then the other one is, of course, down on Cory Road. Those are the most easy to miss. I think they're missed in large part because you're going from road to trail and also you're excited uh, about the situation. But I, I can say from firsthand experience, the course markings at, at Western States are, are top notch and, and uh, they, really, they really try to do as best a job as they can marking them. Of course, it's an open course and there are people out there and sometimes markers get taken down Vandalism, or yeah. things yeah. like that. So you've always got to be vigilant. Okay, then, then the second question, uh, you kind of hit on it briefly earlier when you were talking, is related to course changes. What drives a course change out there? Is it, is it weather? Is it erosion? Is it fire? Is it, is it just any one of those types of things? Excellent question. Well, there haven't been there haven't been significant course changes since the uh, there was a, a section of trail called Pucker Point that uh, is between mile 38 and mile 43. That's a beautiful section of single track that replaced a sort of a section of double track fire road. The, the course designers for years have sought to eliminate as many sections of dirt road as they could. They can't eliminate all of them, but to, to make as many uh, single track sections as possible, there've been reroutes over the years. But for the last six, seven, eight years, the course has been the same with the exception of when it's snowy. Uh, up in the high country, uh, there are times when they just have to mark the course across a snowbank, and it may not be where the course always has gone. And there are other times where the snow is so deep at certain uh, aid station sites that they're not able to access those aid station sites. And then they, they put into uh, place what they call their snow courses. They actually have a, a couple, I think it might even be three different snow courses that if there's too much snow, they they reroute the, the race. Uh, this year, fortunately for all the runners after a year away, it's going to be the pure, honest Western States course, and including, by the way, uh, walking across the river, not taking a boat. Uh, you might know that some years they have to take uh, inflatable rafts across the river because the water level is so high. The, the American River is, is a dam release river, so the river level goes up and down based on the release of the dam way upstream. So this year with the drier conditions, everyone's going to be able to go across on foot, which is always a highlight of the race. Okay. Before we get into breaking down the men and the women's field of Western States, making some bold predictions, um, I want to go back to something really quick. Um, 
my wife is coming out. Christina Pluckelman is coming out to Western States. She is going to be a driver slash crew person for Kyle Curtin. Um, I really want that if we're waiting at an aid station and you're there, Andy, I am going to tell her to come up to you and ask about 2005. And I'm not going to say why. I'm going to say, honey, just that, go that's my just buddy go Andy over there. Go ask him about 2005. <laughs> and then we'll check in from time to time because she likes running, but she's not like super high on it. So like, like her eyes will glaze over, Andy. It'll be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that sounds great. <laughs> All right, I said earlier a stacked field. Andy, when's the last time? This is it is so deep with talent, both on the women and the men's side. When's the last time you think you've seen this much talent toe the line for Western states? I, I, I you know, I think it may. I, I well, let, let's break it. I think on the women's side, it is definitely the most competitive women's field that has been at Western States. Um, and and I, I think most would agree, most prognosticators would agree. I think on the men's side, uh, there are uh, the the fact that some that that, what, that that there are some European and international runners who made the decision not to come this year mm-hmm. and were given that option, uh, I think might might slightly ever so slightly um, make this not necessarily the most, but maybe one of the most competitive men's fields. Um, that said, we've had two years between races without a lot of other races to judge people by, without a lot of competition in the sport. So if there was ever a year where both races Surprise. are actually <laughs> a full kind of the wild west, it's this year. And I think that's really the most exciting part of being a spectator this year. All right, let's start, let's start the women's field, Andy. Who do you like? Let's go with your top three. Who does Andy Jones okay, Wilkins well, think is going to podium yeah. the Western States? So I, so I had, I had the opportunity in 2019 to, uh, to chase the lead pair of Claire Gallagher and Brittany Peterson. Yep. And, uh, and it was, it was one of the most dramatic, um, two, two person races. I think I've ever had a chance to see. And I had, I had actually, uh, kind of targeted Brittany earlier in the, in the year in a, in a, in a podcast somewhere. And I said, I, I really think you shouldn't ignore Brittany. She, uh, is a really strong mountain runner and, uh, you know, her significant other is Cody Lind, who's the grandson of the red legendary doctor, Paul Lind mm-hmm. from Western States. Yeah. And her her coach is Paul Lind, who's, you know, also a, a, an incredible guy. So I'm picking Brittany to win this year uh, with Beth Pascal. Um, she got fourth in 2019. She won uh, the Canyons 100K. And the people who saw her running there uh, thought she looked amazing. Uh, She's a Brit, but she's shown that she can run in the heat. Uh, and so I'm going with her for, for uh, second place. And, uh, you know, and then I'm going to go with Addie Bracey. Uh, she was not, did not have the best performance there in, um, in uh, 2019. Well, she still got top 10, but I just have a feeling about Addie this year. So I'm going with Brittany, Beth and Addie. And then uh, you didn't ask, but I'm going <laughs> to go with my East Coast woman to watch. 
East Coast woman to watch is a, a good friend of mine. I remember first meeting her when she won Grindstone yes. 100 Miler in my former state of Virginia. And that's Shannon Howell. Yes. Watch out for watch out for Shannon Howell. If you want to if you want an East Coaster to root for, you, you can't go wrong with Shannon. No, you can't. And I, I was kind of disappointed by how much she was overlooked in, in certain uh, running media. I'm like, this is the gal that has the course record at Grindstone. This is a tough runner, and she's got some speed to her. And what I love about Shannon Howell is, I mean, she's so relatable. She is not a professional runner. She's a mom who finds time to just put in hard work and just kill it. So, yes, if there's someone to root for at Western States from the Beast Coast, it is Shannon Howell. Now, I'm going to go a little different, Andy, with my my top three pick for the ladies. I had a completely different lineup, but I'm going to switch it up because just moments ago, I posted a picture of Jeff Stafford uh, grilling as we're getting ready for a new episode on Instagram. Got it. It said, cooking up a new episode. The first person to like that photo was Camille Heron. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to switch up my lineup, and I'm going to say this is Camille's year. It's going to all come together. When you're liking adventure jogger pictures on Instagram, I think you've put in the work. And she's obviously tapering very well right now. If she's on, if she's on the gram, she's got her she's taper. Got she's got her taper under control. I think she's one of those runners that if everything goes right, she's she's kind of she's kind of unbeatable. So I'm going to go Camille first. I'm going to go Brittany Peterson uh, uh, second and Claire Gallagher third. That's it. And I will say that Shannon Howell is going to go top 10. Shannon Howell will be top 10 for the women. Concur with that one. I believe Sarah Keys will be top 10 as well. So watch for Sarah Keys. Watch for Shannon Howell. They're going to do some really amazing things. Do you want to, do you want to, did you do some research today? I'm, I'm just looking at something here and, and I'm, I'm inclined to go with Brittany as number one choice. By the way, Claire Gallagher has not liked any of our Instagram posts. Follow, I want to put that out there. Followed <laughs> follow by Claire, mm-hmm. and then third, Magdalena. So. Magdalena has not yeah. liked any of our Instagram posts either. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're all out. Forget what I said. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be so much fun. And Andy, you're, are, you, are you crewing this year as well, or are you just going to pick up a pacer at some point? Are you, are you pacing someone at some point? Yeah. So, um, yes, one of my good, good friends, Scott Wolf, who have actually paced me, paced me multiple times, uh, both at Western States and at Hard Rock, finally got into the race. He, he has two finishes, but I think they date back to uh, kind of 2012, 2013. And so I'm, I'm going to pace him from the uh, river crossing to the finish. Okay. I'm really excited about that. So really my day will have three parts. I'm going to be volunteering up at Duncan Canyon, and then I'm going to head uh, head to in the middle part of the day and, and crew and, and help out at, at Michigan Bluff and Western and Forest Hill, you know, mile 55 and yeah. 62. And then, and then scurry on down to the river to meet Scott and, and, um, and run run in with him. Are you volunteering to do parking again? Because I know you've done parking in the past, and people have yelled yeah, at you. Yeah, I'm 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 doing parking in it, and it may not sound glamorous, and it's not glamorous, but um, but if there's anything that 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 you, uh, the race that that puts the race at risk, if you might I might not be surprised, is you know people doing a bad job parking. Oh, for sure, especially in these. And any any race director listening to this knows that those are the those are the emails and calls they get after the race. And someone parked on my lawn or took a piss on my flower bed or something. So Andy, do you, do you, you know? get it? Do you get any of the? Hey, 
who do you think you are? Tell me where to park. <laughs> <laughs> Screw off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to do one of the more tricky places to park is Duncan Canyon, which is the mile 23 and yeah. a half aid station because it's just it's accessible by dirt road. And there's it's not like there's a parking lot. You just everyone just parks along the side of the road. And and the Forest Service is pretty particular about making sure that in the event of an emergency, you know, a fire or someone getting injured, you know, that they keep that road clear. And and as you might expect, crews that might be coming from Florida or Canada mm -hmm. or may not know that they have to park all the way off to the side and, you know, close to the vehicle in front of them. So, like I said, it's not glamorous, but my, my job is to make sure that, that nobody, nobody gets in any crashes and nobody blocks any Forest Service vehicles. I really hope, though, that someone didn't see this podcast before Western States. And they were out there crewing and they're like, oh man, Adventure Joggers got a Western States preview episode. Let's see how right they were. And then they're going to go, oh shit, that guy I yelled at and called a fucking idiot at Duncan Canyon <laughs> the for, telling me, for telling me to park over there. Yeah. Oh my God, that was Andy Jones Wilkins. Like it's going to be. <laughs> he was really being an ass though. <laughs> Hey, move your shit! Move it! Yeah, that's happening. So good. We'll see plenty of you out there, Andy. Let's talk about the men. This is a this is another. You said you know because of some international runners not being able to make it, the women's side is more competitive um, this year than the men's side. But let's talk about that men's side. I read an article. Somebody's been following Walmsley on Strava, and they're like, you know, Walmsley's been biking a lot on Strava. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I, Walmsley's biking a lot, which leads me to What's believe going on there? that he may be injured. So we don't even know if he's going to run. So there's somebody that's job is to follow Walmsley and Strava and see and like look at his workouts. Andy, what do you think is going to happen on the men's side? All right. All right. Well, Jim Walmsley, if he's healthy, if he's in his normal fitness, you know, he's he's going to be the guy to beat. But I think this year, especially with the year away, especially with some of the more race specific training that we have been able to see from other athletes, I really like Jared Hazen's chances this year. Mm -hmm. um, people don't often remember how long Jared Hazen has been at the top of the sport. You know, he got third uh, six years ago, and he even did a 17, uh, 17 something when he was a teenager at Western States. So <laughs> he's got lots and lots of experience there. So I'm, I'm picking Jared finally to break through for the win. I also think one of the most interesting stories is Tim Tollefson, of mm -hmm. course, who has who has an incredible international resume uh, from uh, from UTMB and other races. Actually, grew up not far from Western States in Roseville, California, and yet has never run the race. He's running the race this year, and and I have him I have him picked for second. Uh, and then uh, for third, a uh, guy who got second several years ago, really, really smart runner, really, really, um, uh, you know, plays his cards right, picks his spots, and that's uh, Alex Nichols. My fourth place runner is also my guy from the Beast Coast to look out for, and that is, of course, none other than the Georgia Peach, 
Patrick Reagan. Yeah. Now, I really I I could easily put Patrick in on the podium in the top three. I think a lot will, will depend on how conservative he is early. He's known for being conservative early and crushing from the from the from the like the river in. I don't know if he can quite be as conservative. He has to keep those guys in range. I think if he does, he's got a shot at cracking that top three. You know, I agree, and I think the last the last uh, Western states that Pat ran two years ago, his first Western states, I think he was trying to get a lay of the land. Right? He's not. He hasn't run too many hard mountain races at that point. He's done a lot of flatter stuff, and he's he's got a lot of speed. But he's like, okay, what is this type of race? What does this entail? When you look at his splits, Andy from the River Inn, holy shit! I mean, oh they, yeah, they're 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 some of the they're some of the best in the history of the race. <laughs> it's like he's yeah, running yeah. seven minute miles with ninety with ninety miles on his legs. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I think Jared Hazen. I feel bad for the dude because he ran the second fastest time in the history of Western states. He doesn't even have a cougar. Like, can you imagine? Like, 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 I want him to have a cougar almost as much as I want you to have a cougar, Andy. <laughs> Seriously. Can we, can we give Jared Hazen a smaller cougar or something? Because the guys run the second fastest time in the course. So Jared Hazen is going gonna, is gonna to win this year. I do think the Georgia Peach, Pat Reagan, I, I'm putting him as second because I think Pat's got a lot of speed and I'm a homer. That's what it all comes down to. Uh, I'm a homer. I think Pat's going to be second, and I think Tim Tolfson's going to be third. I think he's a he's a great athlete. I think you know he's not done the race before, but I think he's someone who's capable of of figuring things out. He's a smart racer. Who's your surprise for the top ten, Andy? And I'll give you my surprise for the top ten. People are going to go like, "What? How did this happen?" Well, he's going to be pissed at me for saying it because I'm pacing him, but Scott Wolf. Okay. All right. Wait and, a minute. Uh, and, and, and the reason is, the reason is he knows the course. He's, uh, he's extremely smart. His, his training has been, has been that of a wise, a wise old Jedi master. Sage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and, and, and he's also seen what it's like to be on that top 10 bubble. Uh, he's got. He actually has an eleventh place finish years ago. In fact, tenth place was Carl Meltzer, and Scott Wolf got eleven. Wow. Uh, and so, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, I he's my surprise for the top ten. All right, my surprise for the top ten. No surprise to anybody. He's the Adventure Jogger Race Team's very own Tahoe two hundred mile course record holder and. He has the fastest known time on the Tahoe Rim Trail, unsupported. I'm going with Kyle Curtin. He's going to sneak into the top ten. He's getting there. So I, I want to, I want to say, how awesome would it be, Pluckleman, if if you were with Kyle and I was with Scott and we were crossing No Hands Bridge, neck and neck, <laughs> tied for tenth place. He's going to trip oh, you. Oh man, he's going to trip you. <laughs> Who cares who wins at that point? Like, who cares who wins Western States? If it's Scott Wolf and Andy Jones Wilkins and Kyle Curtin and Ryan Pluckelman neck and neck at No Hands Bridge, that's what we need to have televised. That's for sure. That should be on that's, TV. That's the whole race right there. You know, can I can we can we trash talk each other as each other? Can I can I talk shit to you as Andy Jones Wilkins? Oh yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you don't see Andy at an aid station but you see me, ask me about 2005. 
<laughs> All right, Jeff, do you want to, who are you feeling? Who are you vibing? I think Walms is going to take the top. Like, well, that's like you said, choice. if he's, well, if, if he's healthy yeah, and yeah. everything works out but well. But that guy on the internet said he's riding his bike a lot. Well, <laughs> he's building his quads more. <laughs> um, and then probably Pat Reagan too and Hazen. Boy, three. wouldn't I, I would, I would, this would be the time when I would love to be wrong. And if old Pat brought the cougar back to the beast coast, that would probably that would be, be pretty awesome. That would be almost as cool as Andy and I racing with our runners across yeah, yeah. Nohan Bridge. Yeah. That'd be almost as cool. Yeah, you know, I, and I don't, I don't know if all the listeners know this, but, but Pat has uh, Ian Sharman as his pacer. And if you don't know who Ian Sharman is, he finished the Western States 10 times, all 10 mm-hmm. times in the top 10. Uh, and so he will be by Pat's side for those 38 miles. And you have to imagine that that'll be an advantage for Pat to have that. Even though he's only run the race once, he's got this guy who's done it 10 times, who's been as, as far up the uh, leaderboard as third a couple of times. That's going to be a huge advantage for Pat in those later miles. Because it'll be very disappointing if Pat Reagan is, is running, you know, the last six miles of the race and he hears the, the dulcet tones of Andy Jones, Wilkins, and Ryan Pluckelman behind him. That's that's what he's gonna be yeah, real I pissed. Think, I think I, I think he'll know he's had an off day. <laughs> <laughs> so Andy, one thing I've noticed this year is they they've they've changed up. They they don't call it Squaw Valley anymore. They they changed the name. Is it now officially Olympic Olympic Valley? Yes, yes. That well, uh, it, it it happened over a period of time, but it was. Um, it, the, 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 there, were, there was an advocacy for changing the name. It actually goes pretty far back. There was, there's a mountain, a mountain in the middle of Phoenix, Arizona, that was called Squaw Peak for years that was renamed Piestua Peak uh, okay. back in the early 2000s. And at that point, a, a, a very slow kind of quiet movement started to, to potentially consider changing the name of Squaw Valley uh, to Olympic Valley. It's important to note too that the like the town, and it's not really a town. You'll see yeah. when it's out there. It's basically a ski resort. Yeah. But the town, like the post office, when you write a letter to that someone who lives there, their their address is Olympic Valley, California. The ski area, though, was until this past uh, a year ago, was called Squaw Valley, and of course the race starting at the ski area took the name as well. Well, once the ski area decided to change their name, it was pretty obvious that the race would change their course from Olympic Valley to Auburn rather than Squaw Valley to Auburn. And a lot of it has to do with the the very uh, damaging and uh, degrading nature mm-hmm. of that word. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it was something that both the race and the ski resort felt uh, was was time for them to make that change, and so they did. So now we don't say see you in Squaw anymore. We say see you at States. That's right. That's right. It doesn't quite have the same ring to it, but uh, but that's what we say. Um, there's, a, there's a box somewhere. There's a storage unit somewhere, Andy, that has thousands of shirts in it that says see you in Squaw. That's the <laughs> yeah. someone can't sell right now. They're like, shit, I put all that money into see you at Squaw, see you in Squaw shirts, and now I can't even sell them. 
What am I going to do with all this inventory? <laughs> well, Andy, it looks like it's going to be a great race. It's going to be great to see you out there. Looking forward to having a lot of fun. Uh, we're bringing the recorder out, so we will be uh, trying to do some episodes and some audio content out there at Western States. We are going to be focusing on, on crewing, though, during the race the best we can. Um, listen to this. Here's how you'll know. You will know Kyle Curtin has blown up if there are pictures on Instagram in the middle of the race of us drinking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because that means my wife is now pacing Kyle Curtin. Christina Pluckelman's going to pace old Kyle in from uh, Green Gate on. And that just means we've, we've given up and we're just drinking. That would probably, I mean, and and I think if you saw me in that situation, it would probably mean Scott did the same, you know, when you're, when you're pacing someone to the top 10 or near the top 10, you, you've got to, you've got to deal, you've got to consider it almost like it's, it's, it's your own race. You know, you've got to be, be ready to go. And, and by the way, anybody pacing uh, Western states should know they need to take care of themselves through the day. You need to hydrate. You need to eat. You need to make sure you have all your stuff together. So by the time your runner gets there, you can just go. That's right. Honey. So, yeah, I got to make sure I've got I think my shit that's together. True. I, I think uh, I think if I see pictures of you just kicking back at Michigan Bluff with a couple of uh, whiskeys, we'll know that Kyle is uh, <laughs> Is just walking it in. That's what how you want to know. You do not need to go and follow Iron Farr's Twitter feed to know how Scott Wolf and Kyle Curtin are doing. Right. You just need to follow us and Andy on Instagram. And if there's drinking pictures, you know it's gone bad. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, Andy, have a great time at Bighorn when we're now. Yeah, the, best of luck at that. The crazy thing is, is this podcast will be released after you finish the race. So if people are listening to this. You've already finished, um, but have have a great time. And then we will see you at Western States, Andy. Thanks a lot, guys. This was a lot of fun and we'll see you at States. Definitely. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we will see you at Western States. Good content coming, and we're going to see if we can get Kyle to do a claw mile after Western State. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.